What up? This is DJ RTC. I finally made it to the rap doc. Damn, hold on one second. This is DJ RTC. This is DJ RTC. I finally made it on the rap. Damn it. I'm a dad bod rap pod. I fucked it up from lack of sleep, but you're listening to the podcast. RTC, Alexander Fruchter, like hook. Stony Island Audio. And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod, with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar, an argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod, now fans worldwide say... Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap, pop, pop, pop Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It is the Dead Bod Rap Pod. I am one half of your host today, Damone Carter, aka Dim One. I'm joined by my man, Fifty Grand, Nate LeBlanc. What's going on, man? I'm good, man. Um, normal day. Uh, excited to be here. Excited to chop it up with folks about hip hop. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of music, new music, on our episode last yes. week. So. This week we can uh, delve into some other things, but uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm chilling. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, allergy season is is here. Snot season, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, so just been kind of coping with that, but it's good. The weather is good again, um, which always puts us in a good mood. Uh, we're we're happy to be here with y'all. And like you said, we were drinking from the fire hose of new releases last week shout out to everybody who tapped into the uh the q1 wrap up uh but it kind of got me thinking about um the end of the pandemic uh which is something a phrase i didn't believe i would be saying at this point if you would asked me last year right i would have been like this shit's going on forever forever and ever and ever and ever i guess my only way i can really measure like i've been talking to a lot of people about this in my day job life but like the federal government is going to be ending their subsidies and like their programs and stuff in may so like that's kind of like yeah you're on your own folks yeah that the pandemic is over and all the like free testing and free vaccines and things that we got used to are no longer going to be available and it'll be very interesting to see how that changes how people interact with it but I feel like it kind of ended a couple of times for me. Once 
Um, when I got back from New York last September in New York, we were kind of like the embarrassingly people still wearing our masks. <laughs> and like I was wearing it in the subway and wearing it inside like some shops and stuff. Yeah. And most of New York had already given up on it. But I felt so dumb because I was like, I might have said this before or at least told you personally, like where I really needed it was on those busy ass street corners. Where like yeah. you're around, you're around forty five people from all different parts of the world, and I'm short, yep. so I just felt like <laughs> droplets were like raining on me. You're um, downwind of the droplets, yeah, yes. totally. And then uh, when I came home from that trip, we went grocery shopping right after we got off the plane, and I took my mask off and went into Trader Joe's, and my wife was like, "You're you're doing this," and I was like, "I'm doing <laughs> this. Are you doing it too?" And she took hers off too, and that was the first time we had been maskless in, in a grocery store for two plus years like almost two full calendar years That's and then crazy. there was now it's just and there's no like gate on this but it seems like if someone gets it you don't think they're gonna die it's like a pain in the ass okay that it's it. more of a it's more of an inconvenience at this point and we're yeah. you know we're blotting out a lot of things by saying that folks have you know immunocompromised situations there, there's totally. a lot of different situations but in your day-to-day -day life it is not perceived as being as dire a situation as it once was. It, it seems like, and it, it, thank you for pointing out that that's a very privileged uh, take and that, you know, we're very lucky to be relatively young, relatively healthy, old for hip hop, mm. young for COVID. Um, <laughs> there you go. And uh, yeah, but it's just like when someone gets it at your work or something, you're like, damn, it's not like this panic mode. Yes. Like when when yes. someone you when a close contact got it before it was like okay I need to get tested I'm I'm disrupting my life for multiple days to yes. like figure out what what I need to do do I have it and like um I have still not gotten it did you yeah I was gonna advice? ask you yeah I'm I'm a, I'm a repeat offender you have yet to get it which means your 12 year old energy is really <laughs> serving you well or I've gotten it and been completely asymptomatic which is also a yeah. possibility but i never had any symptoms and i never tested positive um but i got sick crazy. a couple of times during those couple of years and then it's like you gotta go get the test and they're like is this it for me the craziest one was when my wife had it and it was december and we were having torrential storms and very cold weather i was gonna say freezing weather but it doesn't yeah, freeze yeah, around yeah. here cold cold for us weather 30s 40s 40s um, low 50s but yes but but <laughs> yeah. you'll see why i'm saying that in a sec it's like she we sequestered her in the back half of the house shut the kitchen door she had the back of the house i had the front of the house and we did not run the heater oh okay open and i was like opening all the windows so it was Damn. like so I, we lived like these weird like just like savage like lives with windows open during a brainstorm just like Staying away from each other, te texting each other from two rooms away, leaving food at the door and then leaving the house so she could like open it up and get it, like uh. coordinating all these groceries and medicine pickups and stuff. And I was like, damn, dude, this is crazy. But I didn't get it. You didn't get it because you are Iron Man. You are unbreakable. You are not only the unbreakable nerd of hip hop, but you're uh, unbreakable in terms of your immune system. But yeah, I, I saw the federal state of emergency is going to be lifted. I know because I work in social services where, you know, some people would call us frontline workers and there was never really a point where we weren't interacting with the public. Right. So when the county dropped its mask mandate, we kind of had to too. 
Uh, and so, yeah, that, that for me has signaled that. Did you keep it up? Like when you're talking to certain people or certain types of people, do you still rock a mask or are you completely off of it? I tried for a couple days. And then, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, there is a weird social stigma. And I don't know if that just lives in my head, but when you're one of 22 people in a space and you're the only one with the mask on, and I'm just like, yeah, and I will go to the grocery store. So like, why am I doing this big production here at work or whatever? You know what I mean? So I, I was I, one I, of the last people at my work and we, I have some immunocompromised people that I work with and they're still doing it. And when it's allergy season and mm. like I, I sneeze hella loud and like hella. You look frequently. like a loud sneezer. Yeah, yeah I am. Um, and so I remember um, I got complained about before Damn. we got sent home and um my my boss at the time was like it's it's nate dude it's march like he's yeah. gonna be sneezing like he he does the vampire thing or that's his sound at his desk that's yeah. just how it, that's how his he producer is. tag and i was like i didn't we hadn't started working from home yet i wish i would have been like oh cool i'll just work at home right from right. like march through october like <laughs> why not why not yeah. How do your allergies present themselves? Like, do you, do you just sneeze or do you have like watery eyes? Like what's your, the deal? whole bit. I, I, I'm multifaceted. Um, yeah. I get to crying. I, I have powerful sneezes. Um, my eyes, uh, water and itch a bunch. So I'm right there with you. And when you sneeze in the mask, that's your day. Oh, it's, now you're it rolling. Is so whack. It's like when yeah. you're, uh, out in the rain and your socks get socks wet. Get wet. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now my 100%. day, my day is ruined. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, I have a, a soggy uh, fabric in front of my face. <laughs> um, I have not met a lot of other people that this happens to. I guess we're just lucky. But like, and my when my allergies are going really bad, it's the crazy, uncontrollable sneezing. But the roof of my mouth itches. Oh, and it is so unpleasant, wow. dude. Like you can't undo it. Can you, like, you eat know Captain you, Crunch? Like, what? Like, 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 you know, oh, that's your, tongue, weird. your tongue has texture, right? Like sure. our test, our taste buds are tactile. You can feel sure. them. So you can kind of like scrape them along oh, wow. the top, but it's not the actual skin of the roof of my mouth. It's like in, it's like, it's in the Ooh. middle of my head. Do you get what I'm saying? You have you're having an allergic reaction in your head that presents itself through the roof of your mouth. Nate is built different, obviously. I know it's crazy. It's it wow. fucking sucks to be honest <laughs> with you. And like I I take uh loratadine, which is uh generic claritin, like yeah. two two a day during the season. So absolutely like double my, up. It's double yeah, up. I'm in season. my I'm in my two a days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right now, but I and I'm like the only thing I can wonder is like. How much worse would this be if I didn't take it? Because it's not like it stops it. Like, no, it, it, it lessens it for it. you. No, it lessens it. And I did get into that thing of once my doctor said, "Fuck it, double up, triple yeah. up. Nothing's yeah. gonna happen." And I'm like, "Oh, right. okay then." I've so never tripled. Like, Maybe I'll, I mean we are in it right now. Like no, I can see the pollen yeah. coming off the trees. One of the uh, trees outside of my house on the other side of the. Where I park my car, I can the just green shit is just falling yeah. off of it. Which is like I know is the <laughs> is the circle of life or whatever. And we have in your have face, it. yeah. Um, you know, I've been like spending a lot more time outdoors, and weirdly, mm-hmm. like when I'm hiking and in these like very rural, like na- naturey places, it doesn't really happen. It's like it's like the urban tree canopy is. What's I was gonna. Me. I was gonna say there has been. 
because now we're in San Jose Minutia. Welcome, folks. There, there has been studies done about the number of male trees that were planted here because yeah. they drop less fruit because we're yeah. like a, a fucking suburban hellhole. It's so the trees are a jizzing. They're just they're <laughs> out there. <laughs> they're shooting their shot. All I'm not going to sing it, but I am thinking it in uh, Bob Dylan terms. The trees, they are a jizzing. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, it's it's a survivalist time, but, um, you know, definitely hanging on. Um, yes, I had COVID twice. And now I think I'm, I have a get out of COVID free pass now. That's how I live my life. I'm like, if I get it a third time, that's just, you know, awful luck on my part. I should I just... be. I just talked to someone who we might both know, but I'm not going to say their name on here. Um, a prominent local small business owner in our community who said during the beginning of it, he was go like, you know how when people have the chicken pox, they used to bring kids over yes. to their house to like, so they Play would just you. get it and everyone yep. would have it at the same time and you could yep. kind of get through it as a community. He was saying he was doing that for covid at the beginning before there were vaccines or even we knew about yeah. masks and stuff and yeah, i was like you yeah. are so much more brave and or stupid than i am <laughs> to, like, have thought about it that way i i was telling i don't remember exactly what happened but basically before the playoffs started rudy gobert did something yes. really dumb he started and so he COVID, was in the basically. news yeah and so we were talking about it when I was over at my parents' house and my mom was like, who's Rudy Gobert? And we're like, he's this seven foot defensive center on the Timberwolves. Like emotionally you know, like, defensive. Everything yeah. that you say about him sounds terrible. You're like, he's yeah. like not really like good at offense at all, but like <laughs> the Utah Jazz traded it like him for like four first round picks, which is more than like superstars get. Insane. And like, and I had to remind her or tell her, because I don't know if she clocked this at the time, about his press conference where he yes. he touched all the microphones. And coughed on like, mics and, and, and told a really bad joke in a Frenchy way. And totally. basically the NBA shut down two days later. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, I You got me thinking now. Um, that night, the NBA shutdown, we did our last in-person interview. Yes. Until we started going to music festivals much later, basically and talking yep. to Mike Eagle wherever he was, because right. um, we haven't done a ton since. I guess Blockhead came out and, and visited um, during it, that was oh, in that's 21. right in twenty one. Um, yeah, December we, I don't 21. think we were weird about COVID at that point. I think we were all kind of like we're doing this right. We were in yeah. that dude's uh, our friend Patrick's studio in a interesting part of San Francisco, and yeah. Anyway, um, but that night we interviewed Plattern and Edgewise in my kitchen of my old place where we used to do the show yeah. when we first started doing the show. And they came over and they were just like, what's up, dude? Your energy's weird. And I'm like, the world is ending? Mm -hmm. Like, the yeah. NBA, they just canceled the NBA, the NBA. season. And they're yeah. like, what? And like, they That's had to go like, DJ that night. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, oh. I was like, have fun. I'm not going out in public. I'm like, kind of like, I just want to get this over with. And like... Yeah, that was a that was a wild time, and it's one of those times that you will never forget, right? It's kind of like, where were you when the '89 earthquake happened, or something that was life changing for everyone? And I was hanging out with Dave that night. I missed the interview, but we were hanging out at a local now defunct um, club here in San Jose. And yeah, when the news of the NBA cancellation came through, it was kind of like this pallor came over the group and I was like, well, guys, it's been good. Don't know what I'm going to see you again. Yeah. Uh, and then we didn't, it was so, did it was so disruptive about three weeks into maybe two weeks into the lockdown period. If we're calling it that I was on the yeah. phone with my dad and we were talking about how like 
not a ton of bad stuff had like happened to my generation. He was like, in my generation, we had JFK, Martin Luther King, the uh, Vietnam War, that's like true. just like there's just this litany of like world shattering events that they were in their formative years for. And for us, it was kind of like 9 11. Yeah. And like, you know, that you could say a couple other things, but like it wasn't real. We hadn't really had our defining tragedy yet. And now we have. And yes, it's like you know, a read, uh, a redefining tragedy will never be the same. Yeah. Although we're, although we're about to start pretending like we are. Um, but it was it was a time that is going to be like a capsule. Right. And that's what sent me down this this thought train of there were records, there were songs that definitely pulled me through. I'm sure it's the same for you. There was this there was a batch of songs of albums. And basically, we're talking about a three-year period, right? Like March of 2020 to let's call it April of 2023, right? Yeah. Um, there was this period where even songs that weren't directly about the pandemic, because there weren't a bunch of those, thankfully. Right. Um, but there were songs that kind of got you through. And then it was a really good era, I think, for underground rap music, maybe for obvious reasons, folks being well, it's up. like uh, you, you can't do the club. So everybody turns to the kind of insular, wordy, yeah. um, you know, our, our shit, the nerdy shit. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, when you sent this prompt and the prompt is like, what are the best pandemic albums? And we didn't define it too much. It's not necessarily ones that were made because some were released like i'll, I'll use an example. The pandemic, yeah. yeah, it's like anime trauma and divorce is not a pandemic record. He had it. Mike had it done before all that, but it was released during the pandemic and it had the immortal quote, it's October and I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, which could be uh, applied to any month in the last three years <laughs> and probably before that for a lot of people. But um, I think, uh, you know, what I, a music memory that I'll always remember is getting um, the press advance one day early, about nine hours early of... Um, the Arm and Hammer record and hearing Stone Fruit for the first time. Mm. And that just be, I was like, this is it. This is the song that encapsulates that feeling. We had not heard that delivery from Elucid before. Yeah. We had not, we had not, we just, I wasn't ready for it. I was like this, I, I'm obsessed with album enders. It's such a great album ender. Yeah. Um, and that's on Shrines, right? That That is, Stone Fruit is on Haram. Let's check because we have a podcast here and we owe people good information. Accuracy. I'm 94% sure it's on Haram. You are correct. It's on Haram. So when we first got that, um, I was just like, dude, amazing song and really like kind of helped us, helped me um, deal with some of the stuff. Like, I, it's such a weird thing. Like we didn't talk to anyone. We talked to each other and we talked yeah. to many famous rappers and producers because yeah. it was very easy to get it was podcast fruitful time for us at yes. that time. Yeah. Um, it, but like we, I'm lucky. We're lucky to have had this outlet and we were lucky to have had that, the regularity of it. Like we kind of finally locked in and got on a regular schedule. Like remember we used to, uh, try to record as many episodes as we could and then like oh take a God. couple weeks off. Like yeah, yeah. this would never have been a good show if we stuck to that. We hadn't Being established home, the rhythm. Yep. Yeah. They're just going like full full on weekly. We're doing this every Monday, sometimes Tuesdays, posting on Thursday, just like the thing that survived. So yeah, it was cool to like navigate it in real times. I I think a lot about the few um 
interviews I did solo because you and Dave were still figuring out your situations and we yeah. hadn't figured out Zoom yet or anything. Like, oh man, um, I did J Live and mm-hmm. Thirty Eight Special are the two yeah. that really stand out. And Thirty Eight Special just lost Fred the Godson. Oh, that's right. To COVID, that's he was like one of the youngest people I know that like died of covid and i i just didn't know how to handle it my whole thing was like to talk to people and be like let's check in and how are you and how you been yeah. doing with all this and it kind of emerged later that it was like people didn't want to talk about it like they just wanted for to the most their part music and yeah be normal yeah for the most part the rappers we talked to we talked to quelly chris very early on in, in march 2020 and he was kind of dismissive not dismissive but like yeah it's a thing it's fucking up touring yeah, you know, I'm here. Yeah. So it was a it was a a crazy time and to kind of loop back to your point about stone fruit, it was great to have a little bit of proximity. Mm-hmm. I always remember that album in terms of like we saw Arm and Hammer on back to back nights and we're just kind of around and getting to see people's reactions to it. And also I remember Woods tweeting that they had I don't know, I forget how he raised it but that they had a really big song with alchemist and i was like oh what could that what could that be like how would it stand out from the other ones and how would you know it was like a big arm and hammer single if you will and then yeah. when stone fruit gets going you're like oh this is a an epic song that has like a single type of energy um for arm and hammer right it's not yeah it's not the pop radio single but um, yes, I, I had I had an, an emotional experience attachment to Haram. Um, I was in the desert with my, my girlfriend on a little retreat um, and listened to it that night, like that it came out and just felt like it's yeah, very insular thing. It felt like it was a very personal record. Um, and one of those that helped me like process all the wild shit that was going on. Cause that was 2021. No, it was, it was. no, it was 21, 21, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I yeah. feel like I've been talking a lot. What do, what do you think of as the, the pandemic albums, the jam demic, if you will, um, <laughs> sorry. no one has ever said that. That's actually super funny. Uh, if we were still making CD compilations, that's where it goes. <laughs> For me, a written testimony always stands out. That actually yeah. came out in like February, March, something like that of 2020. Yeah. And the song Never Ending Story in particular has this really eerie vibe. And I was taking a lot of walks then just oh, to yeah. be like, so you know, what, walks. what else are you going to do? Right. So yep. I was just kind of walking around the neighborhood, listening to a written testimony. And, you know, J Electronica's kind of, you know, Nation of Islam, uh, a apocalyptic prophet type of speech even hove was on it like it was really conspiracy theory like that was so the vibe then yeah and and i felt like that record really captured that kind of like paranoia we had been waiting for jay electronica and it literally took a play for him to drop a record so hopefully we never get another one but i think we made that joke it's like (laughs) where are the locusts with this record so that that one you know a lot will stand out for me when i think about this time another record and i'm not quite sure where it came out and this is about to become the backwoods memorial hour is terror management i i don't think i tracked terror management tough enough when it came out but there was a 2019 yeah 2019 okay yeah 
Maybe I just, I ingested it during the pandemic. Yeah, totally. That, well, that if one you made remember, a lot of sense. Uh, Woods had done Hiding Places that year as well. Yes. And yes. We, we were like, Hiding Places, places. is the masterpiece yes. and Terror Management is the other record. And there yeah. are days where you can go back and forth with that. But um, we interviewed him for, I think we, we made it about both, but we interviewed yes. him kind of as our end of the year guest for the end of 2019 i think and yeah um, we talked to him a little bit about that and I, I always remember i'm like is this like approachable woods yeah and i because of the addition of field doing the singing and now i've actually thought that again with the um sam herring uh the new one on his new yeah. song his new song yeah. just sounds a little bit more like i don't want to say professionally produced but like a little bit like slightly glossy yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's a single it's a single. It's a, yeah. and it has that like you know. I, I never know sheen. enough about the. It has a bit of a sheen, and not yeah. a, not a not in a bad way. Not a Charlie, um, but just yes. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> an Afro sheen. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it, but it, I also think there are some records that are like pandemic records. Like it was definitely made during the pandemic, and yes, um, I think of uh, Nappy Nina's Thirty Bag. Uh, okay. When I think about that because we talked to her about it. She's like, "Yeah, this was made Just cooped up um, during that time, and it's kind of you know she has kind of a hushed delivery anyway." But um, yeah. you know um, that Odyssey record. I, I'm typing something else, so I can't look up the title at the moment. But that, that was a pandemic record as well. Well, um, the one where he had his grandma talking, and he was one of the few rappers that like dealt with it as uh, for lyrical content. Yes, in the in the sake of it, there weren't too many during yeah. while it was happening. So that that was interesting. I thought Mike's record on um, on auto reverse was all also really good. What is it like? Weird pandemic thoughts or weird pandemic raps? Um, <laughs> peak peak pandemic raps. Peak pandemic raps. When he yeah. said we all had unkept beards and weird interactions, I think yes, totally. I think he captured it, but it was a weird thing. It wasn't like something that was easily rapped about. I know Earl dropped sick, which is just the slightest kind of nod to that time, but not yeah. really in terms of like content. So it was, it was an interesting time in that everybody was creating in this context, but not a lot of people were like talking about it. Totally. That Odyssey album is called Odd Cure. Yes. And it came out on July of 2020. So he it was basically made in the six yeah. months previous to that when everything was going down. Um, Real tight. Yeah. So I don't. I wonder how this time will be viewed culturally, musically. I mean, yeah. for other. I mean, it completely changed. Like work. Uh, how how we work. <laughs> um, how we like travel how we, how we consumed products i keep like trying i'm like retail okay. i don't know what to say here but like yeah, yeah it completely Our consumption. changed travel i actually let my uh, passport lapse and now i have to deal with that because <laughs> so i'm going on an international trip i'm about October. to say that you're going to tokyo yeah totally um, tokyo nate yeah um yeah if i get this done if i get if i get this complicated errand done i am <laughs> do you remember the episode of atlanta another thing that held us down through the pandemic the episode of Atlanta where he has to get the expedited passport. I kind of don't. Okay. Go I back not to be it. there yet. I'm still not done. No, no, no. It's, it's in, it's in three. It's before they go to Europe. Oh, right. It's when, like uh, the Clark County stuff yes. all happens. Okay. I do. Yeah. I do. I yeah. Do. Yeah. So, you know, there's for a price you can, yes. <laughs> you can have anything. Actually, I need to do that shit too. Cause I, I would like to leave the country now. So that to me is, that's kind of 
the official like to die end of it is like right i want to leave the country again like yes. let me, i can i will and most places don't have any restrictions anymore even japan which is famously insular and um cautious about matters like this just removed every single oh really um every single thing you don't need anything different than than you would have had to have had in 2019 when uh, oh, I, I say this a lot at work um as it relates to kind of the state of downtown san jose but i I'm always like, we didn't know 2019 was the peak of civilization. Ew. And like, I think a lot about how like, shit was not all cool then either. Like we were deep in Trumpism and there were so many like terrible things happening then too. But then the world just like seemingly fell apart. And And it's so weird, man. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Like I was, I was chill like during the lockdown and during all of this like i kept my mask on i stayed away from people that's kind of my nature anyway yeah but like, I, I was in a very natural. i was in a pretty good place like i started stretching and like going on these long walks riding my bike do it like setting all these habits that i'm been able to keep up for the most part now like i think i i did it pretty well i think a lot of people uh stopped drinking during that time which i did too and it's just like what do you what am i doing this for like where's the fun in being in my house drunk like i don't get it let, let me get it. Let, let me tell you um, yeah please <laughs> no that's so funny i think it uh, for a lot of folks it was an either or right um i over this last three-year period I've, I've consumed more alcohol than and probably the the 10 years that preceded it was never much of a drinker but there were certain things about this and this idea that like is this it like what am i holding out for uh, was definitely a thought. I am t- starting to come out of that fog a little bit in the sense that I, I have fake thoughts about running again. So that lets me know that I'm about to do something healthy, but not that extreme. That's where I start. I'm like, man, I just, I need to run again. I need to run a marathon. And then oh, it gets down oh, to like, I need I to know. eat a banana. I don't know about a marathon, <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I started running around my block every day. And like, that's like, that's where I'm at with running. I've never okay. been a runner. It's no, like, it's like never been my thing. I actually think it is like painful and awful, kind of. It's uh, actually bad. Yeah, it's like yeah. it sucks to do, but like I just start like first thing in the morning, just run around the block. And at some point, I'd like to run around two blocks, but I am not there yet. <laughs> All right, how about this? Since I'm I'm on fourth, you're on fifth. I know we can meet it's, at Santa Clara. Exactly, we run concentric circles. <laughs> right, do an eight. We'll do a figure eight around uh, around Santa Clara. Um, no, I ran, I was running at a point. I ran a half marathon Wow! and then 13 uh, miles without stopping. Yeah. Yeah. That is loaked out to me. I cannot 13, even imagine. 13.1, my friend. And You're after like, I and that was, point one was the hardest one. <laughs> it really was. It really was. And as soon as I was done, I literally looked to the person stranger to my left and I was like, Running is stupid. I don't know why anybody <laughs> does this. And she started like, cracking up. She's come like, and "Put like the mylar blanket on you and give you like fucking pop tarts and shit." Like, is that real? Shivering. Is that only for major. No. Yeah, I wasn't at the Boston Marathon. I was at Hellier Park, but I did yeah. get like a, a Capri Sun, and they had free like massages and stuff after. Okay. Which I, did, I did take advantage of. You did avail yourself of the services. Yeah, and so you know, I, I can say I ran at a time, but this shit is is like not the healthiest for your knees and joints and all that. So I, I'm going to find something. I may end up doing yoga or something because we're we are in a new age, folks. No more pandy. Let's get sandy. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have anything there. <laughs> I didn't know let's, what I was let's going. Let's not get sandy. That's very uncomfortable. Shout That's out to everywhere. Nappy Nina. Morning, do. Um, <laughs> 
Thank you for indulging our, our conversation. I know it was a crazy time for y'all out there as well. We're glad that if you're listening to this, that you you came through this in one piece. Um, it's interesting. I wanted to do this because I'm very much against any pandemic-related television or anything that attempts to oh, really? look back. Yeah, there's a couple shows and like documentaries and things I'll come across. And I'm just like, ah, too soon. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind a fictionalized representation. I, I I was just watching something that I feel like dealt with it pretty well, and I can't remember what it was. And it okay. kind of wasn't something I was expecting. It was like a rom com or something, and I was like, oh, they like okay. They showed how it how it kind of oh, I actually think it was um, or at least that this is a thing that dealt with it. And I don't know if it dealt with it well, but uh, that movie, uh, Glass Onion. I'm about to say, are you about to say the Glass Onion? Yeah, is a Where? very much a COVID movie, but it's like, I don't know if it deals with it that well because it gives people a magical spray in their mouth in like the first 15 minutes where they don't have to deal with it anymore. But at least they it showed it. It showed it happened. Because a lot of TV and movies, happened. a lot of TVs and movies just kind of acted like it never happened which will always be strange to me, but probably smart because movies are about replay value, right? right? And in five years, you're not going to want to see a rom-com with Adam Sandler having a <laughs> fucking mask on his face. Or or maybe you do. Maybe that's what you're into. Oh, I but, remember what it was. And it's not really... They dealt with... So it's it's this movie. It's called uh, How It Ends, I think. Okay. Um, How It like Ends? A, this is the end? How It Ends. <laughs> Yeah. How it hold on, let me look yeah. It's Zoe Lister Jones. She's like a actress and she uh wrote it and possibly directed it as well. And they used when the streets of LA were empty to film it. Uh smart. So it's not a it's not about the pandemic. It's about like the apocalypse. And they used Oh, perfect timing. Uh, that that creepy time when no one could do anything to actually film the movie in a way that I thought was pretty interesting like just getting to do stuff in places yeah. you would never be able to and there's all these like um uh cameos and stuff because everyone was available like you couldn't work and she seems to be pretty well regarded in her community and like the conceit of the movie is she's wandering around with this younger girl and it turns out like that's her inner child and so if that, that sounds too fey for you or something you are not going to be into then don't watch it it's very much like kind of you know it's a very indie um kind of like comedy uh but i thought that it it at least took advantage of that weird space everyone was in and ends up yeah. being kind of suffused with that energy without being about the pandemic itself you know what i'm saying yeah because i i don't I don't feel like I want content that's about that. Like I need a right. little bit of emotional distance, but it'll be interesting to see how this is reflected upon in later generations and my kids' lives too. I'm like, this is like a super major, just like they stopped school. Like it was a, yeah. it was a wild ass time, but um, we're still here. At You're least we had here. rap music. At least we have rap music and rap music is still here. So we will keep talking to rappers and rapper affiliated people right here on the Dad Bod Rap Podcast. Alexander Fruchter interview. Fruchter. 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 Like hooked. Fruchter. <laughs> Fruchter. 
I'm gonna get it, dog. I'm just the first. <laughs> Sean Cantrowitz was on here, and it took me like four tries to get it, but I'm gonna get it. Oh, good, man. It's, this is taming what I've experienced as a youth. So this is all, all good. <laughs> Trust me, my name is Damone. I get it. Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have label head, DJ, writer, Alexander Fruchter. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for, for making the time. We were talking off mic about how basically our podcast is a, a promotional arm for closed sessions. Um, <laughs> having talked to uh, a lot of folks on the label, including Def C., um, Boathouse, who we had on the program. Can you talk Kip a little Stone. bit? Oh, Kip Stone as well. Yeah, you got you got the spitters on your label. Um, can you talk a little bit about how closed sessions came together? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do this as, as succinct as I can, but during the blog era, I grew up in Chicago. I grew up in a neighborhood called Hyde Park on the south side. I think, um, you know, great hip-hop area, most diverse and eclectic neighborhood in Chicago. Common lived around the corner from me. He's writing Resurrection. Barack Obama lived there. That's like the current claim to fame. But just so many writers. My next door neighbor was in um, like Bob Dylan's band and he had his own, has his own albums named uh, David Bromberg, if you look up a folk folk musician. But you're like, damn, how does that have to do with closed sessions? But um, <laughs> so I grew, I grew up there. That's where I fell in love with music. After college, moved back to Chicago and um, was writing in the Pre-blog era, I had a website called soundslam.com. Blog era comes, and I'm running. These guys find me. I get the website rubyhornet.com going. Um, through that, I had a uh, monthly DJ series, DJ party, that we are running called Digital Freshness. It was like the blog brought to life. So you like these indie rappers, the Chicago scene, come see them in a small bar. I'm going to play music. People then artists would pop up, so like the cool kids would come, came uh, from the studio once, just handed me a CD of Bundle Up. I would just play it right there in the bar. Rhyme Fest would show up and rap, so it was like a cool thing for the scene around this blog. I grew up with a guy named Knowledge uh, from Kids in the Hall, and he was like, "Yo," and he would. So we were we knew each other since we were kids. He would be like my ace because he would come with me and like be my MC during these parties. Um, so he was like the ambassador. And our first person we knew that was like signed to a record label, all that, he was like, yo, um, you should start bringing some of these other rappers and MCs to Chicago. Cause I'm friends with like, he was super connected in that blog space. So like Chip the Ripper, he had this mixtape that I did with him called um, Welcome to Brainiac Society. And it was the first time I heard Pac Div, Wale, Sky Zoo. This was like, I mean, before any of them were even making noise, um, he brought Chip. Chip the Ripper came through the first time he came to Chicago. Um, we did like this Kid Cudi show, all that stuff through through with, with knowledge. And he was like, yo, I got a homie Currency who, and I had known Currency from um, Where to Cash At back, back when he was on, um, I think that was Cash Money. And before that, No Limit. But he was like, man, he's reinventing himself. He's like, you should bring him. He'll come. He'll like just stay. He stayed at our crib, slept on like the couch, rapped at this party with me. And then I met a guy along the way when I was making mixtapes and DJing. I met a guy named Michael Kolar who owns Soundscape Studios. And I would show up there with knowledge 
and he was there and he started then mastering my mixtapes. A lot of the dudes I was doing mixtapes with were his clients. Um, I did a GLC mixtape called Similar to the Letters and he mastered it for me and he said, you know what, you could pay me, but I just see you doing cool shit. You got this website. How about this? Like, you could use this studio anytime you want, but you just use my studio, put on, it's like, you got the web, we had the flip cam and shit, like, hey, put my studio in the on the blog. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't think he knew that I took that to mean I'll be here every day. With <laughs> I wanted to be like Tony Touch or DJ Babu, um, DJ Drama, Greenland, start making like the RTC album. <clears throat> and we brought currency. So I was like, man, do, do the party, rap next to me in the booth. That's your first show. We'll take you around the city, show you cool things, come to the studio. We'll film the whole session and put it all out. The first thing it even says like DJ RTC presents because it was like a DJ. I was like, I'm going to be have the out my own albums. And then, um, man, then in there, Currency did the song Rapper Weed. Uh, he kicked everyone out the studio. We filmed it. He wanted to put it out on Ustream like immediately. He Ustreamed it and wanted to put it out. We're like, no, no, no. And uh, the next day we just like knew we had something. I think Closed Sessions was in my head from probably like a Dilated People song. And we were just like, we'll just call this a closed session. I remember putting the song out on Z-Share. And um, when we put out Ruby Hornet, then like now, nah, right. And everyone was picking up. And then in, a, in like an hour or two, someone sent it back to me. As, <laughs> hey, you know, have you heard this? <laughs> yeah. You know, have you heard this, post this out? And it was like their own Z-Share link. Um, and that was that from there is like that, that um, universe was so connected. Like, Tanya Morgan saw that and they're like, yo, we're coming to Chicago. We want to do one of these. And then like one artist would tell the other artist we did like Action Bronson. And then he told motherfucking Esquire. So that's how Close Session got off the ground. Um, this this marriage of like my DJing, the writing on the blog, studio stuff. And then we just wanted to create our own content, put it back out on the web. And we got the um, we started as just that series. We did a few volumes with uh, artists in Chicago and elsewhere, volume one. We did one in uh, Austin for during South by Southwest called ATX, we put that out with Decon. Then we did a volume two and MTV Sucker Free found us and put the documentaries up. And from there, and this is now, I'll end my story, this is how it became a label from content to a guy at Ingrooves, his name is Greg Mateo. Now he works at BeatStars, great, great guy. Um, he was like, dude, why are he he's like, I found you. I love all the Chicago shit. You're doing shit with all the like got people coming up. Um, but why is it on Z Share and SoundCloud? Like, this is a label. And he gave us a small advance and we had a distribution deal with Ingrooves, and that like took it from just a content thing. And we we knew we were gonna run out of like there's only so many times this template could work. Um, but yeah, parlayed that into our label and been doing that and kind of the same stuff ever since. And sorry if that was long winded. No, no, it's great. Thanks for thanks for bringing us up to speed. And now the label is uh, working with all of these, um, you know, relatively young and like deeply lyrical uh, MCs. Let's let's kick it off by talking a little bit about Def C. That's someone um, whose um, career we've been following closely. He's such a great writer. Um, how did you connect with him? And can you kind of parlay that into um, your whole campaign around the Def C and Boathouse release and how you kind of kept that alive through various cycles? I was just very impressed by that. And did you find him in a manger? Was he just like glowing? <laughs> like in a... 
six six glowing in a manger rapping. Yeah. Um I think close to that. I think that was if I really I think that was the first. Um but thank you for that on um, the campaign. Um Def C, I met him for the first time. I was um so that whole closed session template, we did one with this group you and I from Cali. I don't know if you remember them, Thurs and um Yo. And we were bringing them to Chicago. Their man, they're from LA, but they had a show at Madison at University of Wisconsin. So their manager was like, drive up, grab them. They need a DJ for their Wisconsin show. DJ, then drive them back to Chicago, and then they'll fly back to LA. So we drove, did the Madison show, and I'm getting ready to DJ for you and I. And this extremely awkward, tall uh, Jewish guy comes up to me. and He's like, are you RTC? And I was like, yeah. And, and I was like, uh, he's like, man, I'm Adam Def C. He was in loud, um, Louder Than a Bomb and the Young Chicago Authors. And so I knew of that and was involved in that. Not involved, but I judged one of their um, contests. And he's like just a fan of the site and in the open mic scene. And then that was probably 2009 or 10. Oh, Whenever wow. that, that song with Fergie about being 2000 and late, maybe 2008 or 9. Because I remember that was playing after the UNI show. I'll never forget being in Madison. That's so I, funny. I think we're out, yeah. <laughs> think we're You're out like, there. I was done DJing by that time. I want everyone to know. <laughs> yeah, I want everyone to know. I want everyone to know. And I met them, I was like, I thought I'm going to leave. Like, can we go somewhere? Um, but yeah, so that's how I first met him. And he just kept, he's another one of those guys that just always was sending me music. I'll post it on Ruby Hornet. Um, I actually wanted, we had, I wanted to sign Def C. I think I first had him come over to do some music with us and I'm going to get these dates wrong. Cause like, I think since okay. COVID all the years kind of blend together a little, Totally. but I want to say like 2016, 2015 or 16. Um, I had him start, start recording stuff with Boathouse who's always been our litmus test. Um, but that just wasn't the right time. It like kind of, I don't think anyone else at the label saw the vision that I was seeing. Um, and then I just kept being a fan of his work, fan of his work. Um, and then in 2020, after COVID, we were making some changes. I decided to buy the label, buy my partner out, do my do it. Like we parted ways very greatly, though. Shout out to Mike. Um, and I was like, one of the first things I wanted to get back to was basics, putting out the music that I just fucked with no matter what. I didn't care. We were chasing some bigger things before. Now I was like, man, that, that made me miserable. It was fun, but. I want to get back to my, just the shit I like. I don't care if anyone else likes it. And Def C was at the top of that list. And I said, Boat, man, let's just try to bring, we're all kind of burned out, I think, from the from everything happening, Trump presidency, pandemic. It was it was like uh, chasing Spotify playlists. So it's like, Boat, man, we're creatively a little drained. Let's go back to Def C. And they made a song, two songs, three songs. And then it's like, yo, this is an album. And um it was kind of our first closed session release in this iteration. So to your campaign question, it was just like, let's just do every, it was like, I want to do everything I would want as a hip hop fan if I was going to, and a DJ and a collector. So I want to get the singles. We're going to have singles and we're going to like try to get them and just, you know, the dad bod is part of what we call rap Twitter sphere. So we want to like, man, we need to hit these people and, um, do the vinyl. I had Alexander Richter do photos. I've known him a long time. We had Mr. Crumb do the design, um, put that out. They spaced out the uh, digital to vinyl. It wasn't supposed to be that spaced. We got kind of like messed up with the um, 
supply chain and vinyl that was supposed to be done in May. I mean, Matt, Nate, you ordered it and you were part of like all the apology emails where, fuck, this isn't going to be done for a long time. And so then we turned it into like, man, let's go back and do the import edition. All the fans like this. Let's get some new songs. And it was just a throwback again to um, the music I started going back to and loving. Oh, so many had like import, deluxe, extra songs, different yeah. versions of songs. Um, and that's what was the inspiration. Like just, I think, going through my CD collection and be like, oh, I have like six versions of Check Your Head, but there's only one official. You know, it's just like, right. let's just fuck around and have some fun with it. That's yeah. how, that's that campaign. You know? Yeah, that's super cool, man. I, and yeah, I, I think I've responded to a few of those. I was like, we're good. We're good. There's probably people being dickheads, but like yeah. the real heads are going to be good. We know about the global supply chain. Like every record takes forever. Uh, my new thing is uh, they, I think uh, Mello just sent out an email or it, they didn't even send out an email. They just posted on their website that the Quelle Chris death fame vinyl is finally done. Like wow. I pre-ordered that. And that was so long ago now. Wow. Yeah, it's just crazy. And I remember building an order around all this other stuff. So I also didn't get those records. So I hopefully have a big, thick box nice. coming from Mellow soon. But um, nice. yeah, um, p please also tell us the, the Kipstone story before we yeah. move on. Yeah, great. Kipstone. Um, so Ryan from Biz3, that might be who talked to you about Mother Nature or Bria, but Ryan from Biz3, that's a Chicago PR firm. So we were down with him. Um, and I think when he was working like Jamila Woods and Quake Collins um, and stuff back then around that time. And he just said, man, he's he had a guy, he found a rapper from Cleveland. Um, they knew people in common. And it's like, I love what you're doing at Closed Sessions. I know this guy, Kip Stone. Um, I think you'd be great. And this was actually 20, I want to say again, 20, like 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. um, and we haven't come down to Chicago, made a song with Boathouse called Seen It All. Still one of my favorite records. Um, and the vibe was great. And he spent a weekend with us. Mike and I drove up to Cleveland or over to Cleveland and spent a day with him, a weekend with him and his team, people. Um, and it was a natural fit. And I was trying to convince him so badly to move to Chicago mm. in 2015 or 16. And he's like, dude, let's just, I don't know anything about Cleveland. You say there's no scene. Come live in Chicago and I we can make it like you're a Chicago train. Like, we'll pop this off. Um, he wasn't ready for that. And they ended up, um, after like just the contract, like nothing was happening. It, it, it just ran out there. Like, we're going to try. I think he wanted to, trade, to go to like, more of a, uh, a major label deal. I don't know what the thought process really was, but um, I was always a fan. I was like, doors always open. And a couple years later in 2019 or 2020, man, we just never went out of touch. And he came back. He's like, man, I see, I see what you guys were talking about previously. Hmm. Let's just, I think, yeah, like this, I was in a different space. I'm ready to go. And boom, like we just picked up right right where we left off. And um, yeah, Kip's amazing. So good. I could talk the whole podcast about like how I think of Kip's raps. And I'll just say that he's almost done with an album. Like okay. four more songs to mix. So by the end of this month, his new album will be done. Awesome. And we'll get really deep. We've been putting out some Lucy's, but we're about to get deep into Kip's stone world for sure. Man, that's that's super dope. I remember we had Kipstone on and I was aware of what he was doing with that song. I believe it's called Ragnarok. 
with yep. uh with Jeff C and Kip Stone where they're they're going back and forth. I was like, yeah, this this guy, they're both monsters, right? I wanted to ask though, and it was great to hear you break down kind of the, the newest iteration of closed sessions. When I think of closed sessions, now I think of a sound. And I don't know what the you know what the the gelling element of that is, if it's boathouse's involvement, is it is it ideas like without I guess giving away proprietary stuff, like what is the what is the formula that you guys are putting together or is there one? Um that's a man, that's a great question. I, I think there is a there is a formula. It's not necessarily anything written down or thought too much about. It's it's just kind of like what I I think of as just our version of what we want to listen to and informed by, I think all of us, and that's a great point. Like from mother nature, Kip boathouse, Def C when we talk about music, movies, cartoons, sports, we all kind of have the same like fandom. So mm. I think like it's a mix of all of our take on, on um, our inspirations and it is trying to be, in a space where we're told like quote unquote boom bap or music with scratching, rapping about rapping. Uh, you know, some people are tired of that and that's great. I think there's a fresh take on that where it's not mm. grumpy or stale. And I like to call it shiny new backpack. That's what- Hey, <laughs> that's beautiful, man. That's, that's it. About. Episode title, <laughs> life mantra. You're just covering a lot of a lot of bases for us. Oh man, man that, that is that is so good because you know, and for folks who aren't familiar with closed sessions, it it, it is underground hip hop, but it does have a, a polish and a finish. And I will say, um, there's a professionalism there where it really sounds like um, small a small big deal is is oh. kind of how I think about it. So shiny new backpack. That 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 is amazing. That's a um, great term. Yeah. Um, thank you. I mean, and and then the other piece to what you're saying, we we just want every time from the jump, it was like every time someone sees the logo, whether they like this song or not, or like the artist or not, they can't just say like no one cared about this or this was rushed. Mm-hmm. It's like we really do care about it. Not like you said, you don't connect with certain of our releases. That's fine, but you as long as you're not saying that was just terrible. Like how did you right. let that? let that one out. So like being crisp, proper, and someone, you know, sees our name, they're like, okay, I'll give this a chance. Or at least yeah. I know that people cared. Like this is a lot of work and, and we do that new stuff. And then it's just balanced out um, with the reissues of the old records and the legend conversation. So it's like, I feel like it's intergenerational and I'm in the middle and I work with artists older than me that I looked up to. And then I have the younger artists that all looked up. It's all one kind of, um, lineage you know yeah uh thanks for mentioning the legend conversations that's where i wanted to take this next i saw you just got some very nice ink in the mm. chicago tribune for um the premiere event you just did but can you talk like just tell people like if they don't know what's going on with those like it's you it's something you've been doing for a while it's some like it's like a curated conversation series just let people know what you're doing with that and some of the folks you've talked to for sure. So yeah, Legend Conversation is something that came out of like when you've been just so burned out or depressed, like you just need to take a nap. And that's kind of how I felt. And this was also, this was like summer 2021. I was just like, this is over. It's just feeling burnt out, stale. And took this nap and meditated and kind of woke up 
And it felt like I had slept to the neck, like just, it was like rock, a rock bottom of sorts where I just had to go to sleep. Woke up, it's like, fucking, I'm gonna dust myself off. I saw Raekwon was touring with uh, Jizza and um, Ghostface. And um, yeah, like wanted to, to do some cool. He had the book coming out and I wanted to also change my social circle. And I thought, what do I know how to do well? I know how to like interview people. I know how to like put people in the room and I like to eat. Um, and I was like, what if I could do a dinner series and invite people to dinner? And then it's like theater, like not the, like a live, live interview. You know, they used to do supper clubs and things. And um, it was like to pay homage to a legend, to get people to talk to each other. Um, that first one, I didn't invite anyone I knew. I linked up with like, um, I have this brand Juggernaut. They design all our shirts somewhere in the Just Blaze. One, the Al- Alchemist hat we did is behind me. So there's a collectible item. I love that Just Blaze shirt, dude, with the tennis <laughs> motif. That is such a sick shirt. Thank you. Um, so there's a collectible item for everybody. So again, I'll, that's part of it. There's a, a meal prepared. The chef, Brian Fisher, he's a Michelin star chef. We make a, a meal around the artist. So it's themed. Everything is themed. There's drink drinks, custom cocktails or beer around the artist. Um, and so, yeah, everyone gets to, to chill, hang out, meet each other. Um, I was saying about the guest list, a lot of it was I partnered with like Juggernaut or um, Topo Chico, Remova Brewery, it's a local brewery. Um, Rhythm did the last one, um, Rhythm Cannabis. And I'll say like, you take five seats. Right. Juggernaut, you take five seats. Who should I invite? So the first one, I barely knew anyone. I met some of my best friends and like each one, it'd be like someone I work for. Uh, uh, I'm a rep for this brand. I'm going to give you some money. Let's do the next one. So all the people funding it, like past guests, and we have dinner and then celebrate the artist. And then after, do uh, a party that's open to the public and you get to see a Just Blaze or Premier or Alchemist or Jazzy Jeff. Clark Kent in like a 100-person kind of jazz club, speakeasy that's located behind a record store where you're ne- like, you're not going to see Premiere for 20 bucks in a 100-person venue, like maybe right. ever again. Yeah, that's so cool, man. Um, mm. How many people have dinner? Like, I don't understand the logistics of dinner. Is it like a plated it's dinner? Plated. It's plated. Wow. It's so like... Like at one big table or they're like tables yeah. splash around? Like, they, tell us more. Yeah. Uh, so the, the venue is called Dorian's Through the Record Shop. It is an actual functional record shop in the front. Small, you go through. And it's like a speakeasy jazz club. So like, think of the scene from Anchorman where he's at the jazz <laughs> yeah. club on stage and then you have <laughs> the tables and stools around. So that's kind of the vibe. We usually seat about 50 to 60 people. Wow. The chef prepares, uh, you have like, we always have like a meat option, a veggie option, usually a sides dessert, again, like themed around. So like an example, Raekwon is more like when he talks about food or eating, he is really channeling like a mafioso, break bread, we're at a white tablecloth. So we had white tablecloth, a salmon dish, a chicken option. We had like a, for veggies, we had a very nice like Indian, uh, Meal prepared by the chef is great. For Jazzy Jeff, we did like the Philadelphia uh, cheesesteak meets Chicago. Hey. We have great Mexican food. No one knows, or many people don't recognize, but we have tremendous Mexican food. So we did 
like our taco meet it meets the Philly cheesesteak. They have oh, a, wow. a flavored ice dessert in Philly. We did that. He did his take. We did for just blaze a chopped cheese pizza. Again, <laughs> Alchemist had like shawarma and falafel, and a great baklava. And then Premier had a barbecue, like a barbecue brisket. Yeah. Turkey links. He's from Texas. He's so, from Texas. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. dope. We're seating about 60. Everyone that comes gets dinner. There's this, a gift bag with all those items I mentioned. Um, a lot of our sponsors give away items and they get this little experience. And, the, and the, there's no VIP. This place is small. There's no back entrance. So the people there, like, it's not, they, they, they see the interview with the artist on stage, but the artist is having dinner. So they're yeah. around. There's no handlers. Most of these dudes show up by themselves or with one one person and it's, they're yeah. just kicking it and telling stories that's so cool man i would yeah. love to go to one of those someday we've been threatening to go to chicago uh-huh. uh we joke in the group chat about how we run a chicago underground hip-hop podcast from san jose california <laughs> because we talk about so many chicago artists and just are so interested in some of that and you're at the epicenter yeah. of a lot of that so that that, that just sounds tremendous man super yeah. dope event if you want man. to come through, set up at the studio, do a dead live dad bod. Oh man! Hey. Like, might have to take wow. you up on that. Yeah, <laughs> man, that that would be super dope. Um, I, I I heard you talk about a couple of different facets, right? Like you're a DJ, you're a person who's a writer who is in media, and also a label head, and kind of closed session being the the thing that captures all that energy. Right. And all built around Chicago. So you are uniquely poised to answer my next question. Okay. No pressure. But what is your Chicago rap, Mount Rushmore? Four rappers who represent the greatest of the Windy City's rap traditions. That's a very hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Because just like the real Rushmore, to be fully truthful, it would be problematic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but well the said. first one to acknowledge that—that's amazing. I love. Yeah, that. well said. Well said. Um, but no, like, so this, this is just my perspective. But I would put for skill and contribution to a scene, maybe not the mainstream, but a scene or how I look at like some foundational pillars, common. I'm going to say Juice for okay. nice. just what he what he did. A whole scene came from this side, so we need a rep from over here. Yep. So Juice, Common. Uh, man, I guess Kanye. I mean, there's no way really around it. But again, like I prefaced it. Um, yeah, as, as problematic as Thomas you're going, Jefferson. You're going impact. Yeah. Impact. And yeah. I mean, His man, impact is huge. And that's yeah. yeah, you made great music. You made yeah. really great music. Yes. Um, so let's see, common, Kanye, juice. Hmm. All right. This may be disagreed upon, but I'm gonna go Lupe Fiasco. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. There's Which, so many I could have more put on there, but of course. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like uh you were the first person to uh put Kanye in the mix. Um, I love that. I love that a lot of people mention juice though. Like almost every time we ask somebody this question, like juices uh, position and who he is, as a seem like a culture bearer of Chicago hip hop is always recognized, but yeah, there's, 
there's no right answer and there's no wrong answer, but you just have to live with the repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> because this is taped when you see Def C next, you'll have to. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I wish I could, honestly, yeah, that's heartbreaking, the whole Kanye thing. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, we're going to be wrapping up here. I wanted to give you a chance to plug the new uh, Rude One album. Tell the people what's uh, what's on the way. Great. Yeah, so, um, shit. Rude One, he has a bunch of things coming. One I'm not sure I could talk about, so I'm not going to talk about that one. Yeah, no worries. It's going to be surprising. Um, but what you've been hearing, these singles are from an album that's going to be called Upper Space. And in 2016, he put out an album called Wonderful, which at that time, he made it in 2015. Um, but at that time, it featured uh, Conway, Rock Marciano, Euro Dream, wow. West Side Gun. Um, we put out some of the 45s we've been putting out come from that, that project. Jeremiah J was on there. A lot of artists that at now are ha- like household names in this niche. But he was on it early. Um, and so Upper Space, his second album, uh, it, it kind of like the same thing, the same ethos. Like, we could get all those people again, but we did that, and it's now oh, a little old. Like, let's get fresh, and who's the next heir to that? Mm-hmm. So this album that's coming out, we have um, Wiki. We put out nice. the Wiki single. We put out one with um, Pink Sifu. Um, is that right? I always mis- mispronounce his name. I think it's yeah, yeah, that's how you yeah. say it. Yeah, good. Don't don't uh, add the D at the end. That's when things get tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Uh, RXK nephew is on there. Oh, oh okay. A lot. There's some work with RXK nephew and Rue One for sure. That's wild. Wow. Um, Were you involved in tracking him down to get the the feature arranged? Man, Rude One just cold messaged him uh, and sent wow. it and it came back no questions asked in like an hour so then it was like I, I could not be more shocked that it wasn't complicated that's awesome actually nope um stove god cooks is on here hey. um rock marciano green slime and i think i think jeremiah J. and i don't know if i'm missing anyone but yeah that's called upper space overlays oh, on it as well oh, so wow. it's oh. like People you wouldn't necessarily expect over his production, and same same thing. Like, we're, yeah, I'm excited to to do it. Rude One is someone else that you should think about. Just you, you know, from stories that he has, he's been active in the Chicago scene and was like doing a lot of things that people don't know about. But like a lot of like, how did this and this person connect? And like, the answer is Rude One. So oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Like I know he's tied with like you had Cap D on here. Ooh. Um, Juice. Uh, he was in a group called Single Minded Pros back in the day mm. um, and did a lot. So, anyway, yeah, Rude One, I'm super excited about. Mother Nature is finishing an album that is really great. Um, that's almost done. Kip Stone, yeah. a week or two away, and uh, Boathouse and Green Slime are almost done too. Nice. Man, oh, man, this was so good to connect with you. We're uh, such huge fans of everything you do. And I was telling Damone when we were prepping, I was like, if we lived in Chicago, I think we would be friends. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're, we're at the very least peers. <laughs> we, we see you out. Hey, what's up, man? Good to see yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Want to go get a beer? You want to come? And then we have a beer. And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Just chop it up about hip hop. That's what we like to do. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, anytime if you do want to, man, come do something in Chicago or just kick it on a vacation, let me know. Um, if you're in town, July 20th is the next Legend Conversation. So okay, okay. Thursday before Pitchfork, so if you plan to 
Ten pitch black. Interesting. All right, we've a lot to think about. Uh, thanks, man. It was so yeah. great to chat. Thank with you so much, bro. Thanks for your time and thanks for all the good music and all the great stuff you've been involved with. Thank you guys for having me and all the support. Let us in. Hey, let us in. Let us in. Perception polluted, been watching the world through this ghetto lens. I'm only trusting my ghetto friends. You better hope they don't let us in. We see you right through the camouflage. We went from peasant to elegant. I used to tweak off a Rello seal. I fell in deep, had to plot my escape, but the memory served like an elephant. I hold a grudge like a reservation. Still like years from my destination. Couldn't fall prey to the hesitation. Deja vu inside a Bentley Coupe. I got the That was our conversation with Alexander Fruchter. Fruchter. Our Chicago homie, Fructor. See, hooked. and I, Fruct, Fruct like hooked, Fruct, Fructor. Yeah, Fruct, Alexander Fructor. I would suck as a sports commentator. Sometimes I, I really when Giannis admire. came in the league. You had to Dude. exit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, oh man. Um, Want to thank him for coming on though. It was a dope conversation. Close sessions. This shiny backpack label love it that that was i i love that and i actually loved hearing the story about how the whole movement got its uh start because currency kicked everyone out of the studio closed session yeah which yeah i i can't repeat this whole story but someone who we know told me a story about um dave from de la soul doing a similar thing yeah also in chicago actually and like um Need, needing to find the headspace to to finish this guest verse he was doing and like i i didn't realize that was such a big thing but like all of our sessions are closed <laughs> <laughs> exactly you can't i'm not gonna like in. do this in front of people seriously that's it's such an interesting concept because there's somebody who has been in the studio environment there is something to being watched while you do your thing it's like when jeff weiss writes an amazing article it's doubtful there's like seven other dudes hanging out and smoking weed over him although maybe it is knowing jeff weiss but i don't know um, but yeah, yeah. that sounds hard as fuck and it just, <laughs> it's just like anything that requires concentration i want as few people around as possible and yeah. luckily my abrasive personality makes it so that that's almost <laughs> always the case Absolutely, but I'm glad to be in the closed session with you. It was good to get um, some of Fructor's time and to learn about how that movement all came together. Obviously, we love so many things about Chicago, but what really I got from that interview is the sense of intention around the music music mm-hmm. that they're making. It comes across when I listen to it, but mm-hmm. to hear that there is kind of an intent and almost like a mission statement, right, of the the type of sound that they're into, which I'm I'm digging a lot. And I'm just like obsessed with this concept of these dinners. I'm like, wow, that really sounds like something I I would do if I had any ambition. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. I I can't remember. Did you go to the Prince Paul thing the previous night? Like not the one we did at Needle to the Groove, but the one in San Francisco. Yeah, I wasn't able to make it. There was a similar element to that. Uh, DJ Platter's partner, Michelle, um, runs a stellar uh, catering and she did food and like oh i was hearing them talk about that for the, the event and, such, and stuff yeah. she's she's a really talented chef and her catering company which does mostly like entertainment um stuff like for movie sets and stuff like that she does like craft services is like very oh, very okay. cool very popular and she's awesome and we've known each other for a long time and um 
she anyway i just i think this movement as we get older to incorporating some like creature comforts it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. i want a really nice t-shirt that's like a high thread count and i want like a dinner <laughs> that's on theme and like made by yeah. a chef who's got some chops and then you know yeah like, uh it's not like put some doritos in a bowl and put out some sprites you know what i'm saying it's like we evolve yeah we, we we can have nice things and so um that is just such a cool event series and I didn't say this to Alex, but in the Chicago Tribune article, it it mentions the fact that there were less than 100 people in the room for the premiere conversation. And I hadn't it's in the lead. So I hadn't got to the meat of the article yet. And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Like, yeah, but he's they're saying it like it's intimate, intimate, not not, not, not like it's under attended. Right. And it's like I've for me, I would have loved a little adverb there or something yeah, exactly like, let me know what that intention was because i was like that's a weird thing to say but you're promoting this was it good or not like right and not like something can't be good if there aren't 100 people there there's no number that makes a, an event crack or be be proper but anyway i'm rambling now but um yeah that was that was cool long time coming um and i just am a fan of so much of the stuff that they put out and so much of the stuff they're involved with and um just like good to good to meet um alexander fruchter yes and we will have to make our way out to chicago we gotta i i really want to do that i've been there once i had such a great time such a great music town and so much cool stuff cracking off there we gotta we gotta think pretty seriously about whether or not that's something we can we can swing um i have a very busy summer as i'm sure you do but we will we will we will take a look and talk to dave and see if we can get that going but um you know we're always kind of meeting new people um broadening this journey with hip-hop i think it's uh there's a whole other field to do like of like label head interviews a and r interviews like we've done a sprinkling of them yeah but we haven't gotten too deep in that and oftentimes those are the people who are the holders of the stories right Mm -hmm. it's like artists create they do this thing but there's a whole universe of people i'm not going to say behind but that are in constellation with the artists that make the work happen and oftentimes they're the holders of these really interesting stories and so um this was another one of those um but that's what you've come to expect here on the dead bod rap pod we talked to a whole lot of different types of people we talked to a whole lot of different types of people on twitter at dad bod rap pod i like that fructor identified us as part of the rap twitter universe um i'm like yeah that's accurate i, I want to say we're, i want to say we're better than that but like that's accurate for where we where our name rings bells is is in the 500 500 or 5000 or less uh twitter sphere um <laughs> so you can definitely still connect with us there we are on instagram at dad bod rap pod you can check us out there but the best way to check us out is on our patreon patreon.com slash dad bod rap pod New fly sporadic alert, Nate. We need to uh, come up with a sound for when a new fly sporadic comes in. Like maybe it's just like an eagle. No. <laughs> Indigestion. Uh, no, it's uh. M- most people don't know charisma's voice well enough, but that's always included on most fly of sporadic. them. Yeah, let's fly, get fly, dramatic. Fly, fly sporadic. Let's get dramatic. Uh yeah the uh I did release a new uh a new uh radio show it's about an hour and a half a lot of rap a lot of new rap um, yeah, yeah once I kind of like when I when my turntables were in to be repaired I discovered I could do them like from my iPad and I was uh, like oh this opens up a whole thing I like 
showing my records and playing yeah. my records and sorting and filing and processing as we call it my records to do them but it's also kind of cool like to do stuff that's not out on vinyl yet or i may not yep. be wanting to purchase on vinyl or just like a song i have a little story about or want to talk about or wanted to play for whatever reason so that was right. more of this one and it's probably like 72 percent hip-hop <laughs> that, that's that's a shirt you need to make and just wear around it's 72 percent hip-hop it's like skim milk but not really um yeah that's dope you guys should definitely check that out uh when i get my life together i am gonna post a dims gems q1 uh, playlist on the Patreon as well. A couple folks on Twitter asked about playlists, and I was like, more like playlist. Get with me behind the <laughs> come behind the paywall, paylist and we can talk. Shoe source up <laughs> yeah, in this yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Uh, um, so yeah, yeah, that's the best place to connect with us to support the show. It's a growing community, and we appreciate all the Patreon homies and the robust dialogue that happens inside that space. Um, the pandemic is over, but we ain't gonna stop. Can't stop, won't stop. It's the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Yeah. Look. Naturally, they've been asking me to rap the truth clever. Future generations breaking in new eras, bossing up a few levels. So now it's ringing now whenever I put my foot down like a loop pedal. That final chapter closed the moment the room read you. They're only lucky charms, green clover, blue bezels. Acolytes hit the lab and beg me to go, cause only a season go can make everything in the stew special. Stop in and Nazis, imagine a moxie. Greasy as a chopped cheese wrapper under hot wings. Name along the flake of this pin should say Lockheed Martin. Warn RTC not to drop me before. Four skies of profits, rock it out the scarlet. Leave behind the times when starving broke my pockets. Wish sandwiches were the only time I stacked bread. Stick figure body in my temper like a match head. They need a Phillips, they need a flathead. I left them school faced and flabbergasted. No false flag and they waving the checker ones in my rear view exhaust laughing at niggas. Said what I can't hear you. We chop trees, ain't building no log cabins, just grow houses and bow houses. No crease on me, use coat hangers, can't fold round us. No faux furs, no holes round us, a moat round us. Figure I got bridges to burn, digits to turn, no rotary phone. I live and learn, most niggas don't. No holding me back, emboldened with facts and say what they want. Yeah, and still I try to keep it low key. We on this water, man, you niggas know me. Deicidal idle hands on that sacred goat At heaven's gates, neck is draped in a chain of smoke Only acceptable response to that name is no They're grand marshalling parades, chasing vacant floats None of my enemies are close enough to plot on me Then again, I don't wear anything worth a robbery My body is the same shape as Buddhist pottery And I decorate it in grayscale and honesty My papa never earned less than A's in geometry Fan base treat my discography as theology Living above the laws of physics like religion heads Splitting cause I spilled all the syllables from my system They should press the lead foot on the brake metal Commissioners of the game and gave them a fake schedule Eye drops drying out the Cyclops lenses You could still catch us in the skybox flexing